When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome once again to another edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and tonight I'm joined I'm jammed by Joins and James. Hello. I'm not doing it again. I think it's got to be fun tonight. And Rocco. Hello. Thanks for joining me, guys. I want to be upbeat tonight because I don't want to be accused of only having fun and bringing positivity when we win. So I want to pick the absolute positive bones out of the carcass of the uh, Newcastle defeat and uh, wonder... How on earth did we drop five points against the worst team I've seen all season? So we'll we'll get through that. But how are you guys doing after the weekend? You've had a couple of days to digest it. Are we okay? I always struggle when you're this positive after a win, Paul, I'll be honest. But um, I'll put up with it for now. No, I was... defeat after a defeat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not re-recording it. No, there's no re-recording. It's a one-take wonder. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, it was shocking, wasn't it? It's like... It my Saturday evening was ruined. My Sunday morning up until about midday was ruined, mm. and then I sort of snapped out of it a bit. But yeah, it's it's gutting, isn't it? I think it was gutting because everywhere you looked, everyone put us down for a win. And in the back of your mind, you think, oh, everyone's saying this, probably going to lose, aren't we? Nah, we'll be fine. We're going to beat Newcastle. They're awful. I had a fantastic day. <laughs> I was on the lash all day. I barely remember the game. It was like it never happened. It's fantastic. It's going to be fun analysing that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm analysing it from Twitter. So, yeah, it seems like Tyler Roberts had a good game, didn't he? Well, do you know, uh, we do need to get to that. We can start with that. Let's jump around in the order. Let's start with Tyler Roberts. Tyler Roberts came on to change the game. I assume, and I was saying this to everybody to kind of pre-warn them, that if Tyler Roberts came on before Gelhart, it would just be because he was fitter because they were both coming back from a, from a, and I obviously have a default, give Marcelo the benefit of the doubt. He knows what he's doing. I told the bloke from Barnsley next to me that probably Marcelo Bielsa knows a bit more than he does. So um, I'd, I think it was a hard game to come into for anybody, which is why I don't think he made subs for a long time. Because, as we're aware, it wasn't a game that had a great deal of rhythm. It was somewhat stop-start, which was very frustrating. But Tyler Tyler Roberts' failure to 
distribute a, a simple pass to Rafinha did ultimately lead to the goal that we conceded. But I don't think you can fully blame him for that. I can, you can blame him for that, but you can't blame him for the goal because there's two more errors before that actually ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, I, I think it's insane to make Tyler Roberts the highlight just because he lost the ball. I mean, you know, losing the ball in possession when you're trying to attack in, and create chances, like, yeah, maybe it wasn't great play, but my God, like, you know, Lorente was, you know, that, that was really really terrible defending and then uh and Melier was was terrible keeping so I'd, I'd like to start talking about Roberts to me is is just ludicrous you know blaming him for the goal I mean James do you blame him for the goal no I don't blame him for the goal uh, that'd be really harsh but I do think that we regressed with him coming on the pitch and I don't think that's down to him individually but I just don't think it it worked for what it what it did to the team at that time um I just yeah, I think I think it just made us a bit dunno. We 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 went from from having really good possession, making really good attacking plays. I thought Rodrigo was was like really good all game. Um well for the vast majority of the game. So then it just all of a sudden stopping and I and I don't really know why. I think Dan James gives that bit of fear of pace, um, regardless of him like not really being able to get in the middle of the goal for any balls that come in from Rafinha, because he's not a striker, he's not used to it. He just creates this sort of menace on the pitch that I think just unsettles teams. And I think we've started to lose that, to be honest. Sorry, I was just going to ask what the crowd was like when when Roberts got the nod ahead of Gelhart. Was it was it moans and groans or was it? I really? think you people, really were pissed, weren't yeah, you, Rocker? Well, honestly, second <laughs> half, I literally don't remember anything. <laughs> people offered polite applause to mask a few groans. But yeah, it it was there was obvious displeasure amongst a lot of people. Um, I think you're absolutely right what you're saying about Dan James, James, because, and, and it's not just Dan James, it was Click as well. And if he wasn't injured, I'll, I'll, I'll criticise here constructively. Unless he was injured, I don't know why he took him off because there, were, there was a brilliant partnership between Click and Dallas. They they have a great knowledge. They've been in that system for so long. It was re- it was working so well in the first half, and it was still working in the second half. And like you say, I think Rodrigo, like Pip, Rodrigo, is someone who is also <laughs> a scapegoat. Clear off to Barcelona, go on. I'll, I'll put you on flight myself. That's the Barnsley man, I assume. <laughs> it wasn't just him. There was there were so many, but like Matthew said. Keep Rodrigo on the pitch because he's always got that killer pass. And he does these passes where he kind of bends it around and it just swerves into the right place at the right time. So everyone slags it when it first leaves his feet because it looks like it's going somewhere completely wrong. And then it's one of them where you slag it off, but then draw it back in and go, oh, like that. That kind of noise. And I think he had a really good game to say that, again, he was he's returning from, from injury. So, yeah. Our substitutions did not work. It unsettled the balance that we had in the team, but I don't think that's necessarily 100% fair to criticise the people who came on. It was the nature of that game being so stop-start. It was going to be difficult for anybody to make an impact. Yeah, the thing the thing with Rodrigo is if you actually look at the highlights, every bit of creative play, every chance on goal, pretty much came from something he did as well. So, yeah, I think the... Anyone who slags him off is is because he hasn't earned enough credit yet, and I think that's what it's all about. Um, but if you look at it on the day, he had a, he had a really good game. 
I think it, I mean, it sounds, sounds to me like it was the type of game that we've seen, you know, time and time again in the championship, you know, we've, we've dominated it and then it's all just sort of fallen down in the final third, um, you know, and obviously Dan James being up front is, is part of the issue there. You know, if Bamford was there, I'm sure his movement would have been a bit cleverer. You know, some of those chances, James wasn't, you know, wasn't getting in the right areas, was he, when, when Raf was getting to the line, um, he had his fluffed finish in the second half and, the one in the first half, I thought he was a bit unlucky when the keeper spread himself well. I'm talking like you know what I'm on about. I'm, I'm guessing that was the the only chance of the half. It's the only one I remember. Well, it was it was a very early chance, and I thought it, it was a brilliant chance. That's why I remember it. We and and I think it it quite a few of our chances were relatively familiar. Rafinha had rinsed that fullback. That fullback will have been dizzy. So I'm not surprised that they all had to lie down for a little bit so regularly because. We were we, we were running rings around them, but it felt like I, I turned to uh, people I was sitting with and said, "Do you think they've organised this, like these lying down breaks? Do, they, do you think they have an order and a and a timesheet for the minutes in which or the scenarios in which they should be lying down?" And I know three of them actually did end up going off injured, so it's easy to say, "Well, it wasn't a ploy," but it it was from. The eighth minute, everything was so slow. Uh, Rocco, do you remember being any way frustrated by? No, no, funnily enough, I don't even remember that. So, yeah. I'll tell you this. It was worse than Burnley. It was was genuinely worse than Burnley. Maybe because we we were ahead a couple of times in the Burnley game, so they had to stop doing it. But it was awful. And I don't know how the ref... I know he's given five minutes in each half, but second half, there's been a goal, five substitutions and several injuries. So it just doesn't feel right to me. But none of you, well, you can't remember and you weren't there. So uh, there you go. I'll, I'll, that's my only frustration from the game. Well, I, I, on the time-wasting thing and and like you saying, whether it's sort of diarised that they have the... I've, I've noticed before in games where a player just goes down and it's like, it tends to be on a specific, you know, it's like the 70th minute and then all of a sudden they've all got their gels, you know, their energy gels necking them. You think... It's got to be tactical in some way, but I just, yeah, I think there was far too many of them for it to be tactical times. They were just out to waste as much time as possible constantly. Uh, and it's it's so frustrating. There's probably some stats on how much the ball was actually in play over the 90 minutes, isn't there? But I'm desperately yeah. trying to find it, to be honest with you. I'm on, oh, yeah. uh, it, it will, I, I said to Matthew, if, if it wouldn't ruin my enjoyment of this exciting game of football, I would get my stopwatch out and keep doing it myself. And he lied to me. He said, it's all right, Optra are doing it for you. Well, they are doing it for me, but they haven't published it. What good's that? I'd be too embarrassed to publish it. Must have been like 40-odd minutes. It was poor. It, it, it wasn't great. But I'll, I'll put this to you then. Burnley have done that. Newcastle have done that. They probably won't be the only clubs to come and do that this season. Didn't seem to affect the Newcastle fans' enjoyment of winning the game. So... Would you be happy to have that kind of football and stay up? Or would you rather play like we do and it being far riskier in some respects? Or is that riskier? What's riskier? Playing like we do or playing like that? I think we should play like we do all day long. And um, if it does cost us any points, then so be it. But I, I honestly think it wins us points, you know, playing playing like that, you know, just concentrating on the game, doing our utmost, you know, keeping on top of teams, you know, no let up. Um, I think it's just the way we do it. And I, I wouldn't want to see anything different. Um, and, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to make the difference of getting in UNT Europe or, or getting relegated, is it? It's, it's, it's just... It's just a nonsense. It's just teams that aren't fit enough and the referees aren't fit enough. That's the thing as well. I honestly think that they just want a break as well. You know, Leeds are so fit up and down. You know, they're just happy for a little breather. You know, they don't they don't seem to want to get on with the game. And I reckon that's part of it as well. I think that's a really good point that I'd not considered before because I'm like, come on, ref, come on, ref. And they're like, oh, no, he's, he's having a breather as well, isn't he? Yeah. It's a really good point. I think we need to find someone who is in the loop with some kind of referee to be able to work that out. Oh, something that I need to put to Luke Ayling, if we have anybody who could put something to Luke Ayling. Well, does, um, do we deliberately turn ourselves around now and why? Good question. Good question. We'll see if we can find an answer. Let's see if we can search for a way. we got Liam Cooper to retweet us, or Liam Cooper, you know, we may be players my nose maybe we'll put it out there let's put it onto the twitterverse is that a thing or am i getting all marvelly anyway <laughs> it could be a tactic yeah. couldn't it you know sort of I'm, just trying to trying to get to i think I, I, i'm pretty sure that wilkinson used to do it like in the early 90s um might be wrong there but um sounds yeah. like a good subject matter for a book <laughs> yeah in turn round uh, not another one bloody hell <laughs> um we'll come on to that so add our copy so my big thing about the, the positivity that I wanted to radiate a little bit today was I always avoid as much as I can social media and internet fan forums after a defeat because it's remarkable how everything that was amazing last Sunday suddenly became absolutely shocking this Sunday. So one thing that I did see unintentionally was somebody who uh, said... It is absolutely criminal that we've played 16 out of 21 games without a number nine this season. Now, might might be a fair point, but that point was still true last week and wasn't raised when we were winning. Like, how do you feel about that? Because the gameplay, I think we adapted to the fact that we had a we didn't have a cent- traditional tall centre forward in the middle because we when we got round the back we were putting balls on the deck it's just that we didn't put them to any one of our players and the amazing situations we got in but i think we adapted for that situation as best we could or is it criminal um i mean it can't be criminal because firstly there's the injury crisis um but yeah i mean i mean i must say i i agree that well i disagree with bielsa you know i um I wouldn't play James up front. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd have played Rodrigo up front on Saturday, for example, and um, you know Roberts or obviously Gelhart. Um, but you know he sees everything. You know he's in training. You know it, it, I don't know. It, it's so easy to just sit here as fans. You know we don't know what the players are training like. You know we don't know if they're struggling at murder ball or not hitting. You know not hitting the weight targets and all these other factors that come into play. That you know that Bielsa bases his decision on. We're just, you know, basically talking about what players we like. Um, so I'd never say it was criminal, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't play with James up front. On the bus back into town, there were a couple of people discussing and uh, it was the only positive Tyler Roberts comment that I did hear, but it was a case of him saying that he did think it's pretty ridiculous to start Dan James up front when you've got two 
two or three players who would identify identify as a striker um one being rodrigo on the pitch and two being gelhart and roberts on the bench so I, I do see where they're coming from in, in in that kind of point yeah can i just um add as well um a better point than i just made um like look at the table like, how can you say it's criminal like we're not 19th like it's not criminal because we're not going down we're you know we're doing all right so whatever he's doing it's working well enough to have us you know comfortably above the relegation zone as we as we stand um so no no it's not criminal a man that i thought carried his confidence from west ham into this game was jack harrison um what did you think james i, I don't know that i all i really focused on in, in that game after the aftermath of it was um kind of what we were saying last week around for sure and and bay is that I, I really feel like that's where we were we were missing because you know we talked like rocker i remember you saying that uh, bait didn't really do much against west ham and not, you know not in a bad sense but just like you know he didn't really sort of create much he was very much he did his he did his job like sort of pass sideways as as they do and then that was it but i think that's exactly what we needed i think we needed some stability in midfield there was one point in the game where it was so frantic it was so up and down. That was when they started pulling up with cramp every two seconds. Um, that I actually thought if we had have got a bit more balance in and were a bit more thoughtful in our attack, we actually could have got somewhere with it. So yeah, I think don't underestimate, or as fans, we shouldn't underestimate the importance of having Forshaw or Phillips in the middle. I think they they are the linchpin of it really at the minute. I've just realised as well Newcastle analogy when I did the Great North Run, which took me two and a half hours. I didn't stop for cramp and I'm incredibly unfit, uh, very, was very particularly ill-prepared and uh, some might say obese. So I'm not, like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having it. I'm not having that cramp thing. That is my bugbear. That's why I'm putting it on them rather than on us. I don't think we, like fair play to them if that's what they want to do, but blooming sharks annoyed me. I sometimes wonder as well whether, because I was in the East Upper, so um, it's like a bird's eye view of the pitch. And you do you do see like how many players we flood forward. Like um, Moscow White said it before. He, he says it looks like a you know leader in like a, just a big circle formation with Phillips in the middle. And, and you could see that from up there. You know, that is how we are sometimes. And like the amount of players we get forward, you know, it, maybe it's like counterproductive at times because like it forces the opposition to, you know, have, have loads of people flooded back. I mean, they probably would have done anyway, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I do, I do probably prefer, as like you say, with with Forshaw in there as well. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it can all get a bit bit too frantic. No doubt about it. The other end of that argument then is, how do you rate Robin Cock? Like, because he's the man who's been playing this role that we are identifying as an area that hasn't clicked as well with Forshaw and hasn't, and clearly not as well as with with Phillips. So, is he is he doing all right? He seemed to be putting himself about a bit. What's he not getting? I think mainly he's not really had a lot of game time, has he? <laughs> and again, he, he's he's one who's not he's not had a lot of game time, and he's not played in that position consistently for Leeds, like. So, yeah, I don't know. It, there's probably a bit too much expectation on him to kind of match a Phillips in, in that role because it's just, you know, there's a, a vacuum of difference in my opinion. But for for me, for sure, 
in front of Phillips, like when we get that back and firing, that'll be, we will be an absolutely solid unit. If we can get that as soon as possible, March time we're looking at, then I think we we could be in for a, an exciting end to the season, really. Got two points. First one, we were in the ground really early and I saw the warm-up, which I don't often see. And I saw from from behind uh, what turned out to be Tyler Roberts's hair. Didn't know the team of stuff. I thought, oh, Phillips made a quick comeback. And then he turned around and that might have been my most disappointing Tyler Roberts moment of the day. <laughs> and then uh, turns out in the end, my favourite bit of the Newcastle game was actually in the build-up when uh, Robin Cock put on Instagram, what's next? And Adam Forshaw replied <laughs> saying, Newcastle at home. <laughs> <laughs> I told you positivity radiates throughout I think we're kind of t- oh no L- right Lorente hero or villain well I can't comment although obviously he, he, he can he, comment I asked yeah. you to <laughs> well he was a villain for the goal but that's all I remember so I mean Wood didn't really touch it did he so he must have done alright uh, no he did yeah sorry I thought you talked about free kick because the no, free no, kick apparently when we're looking at Melier apparently took a touch off someone who was also still in an onside position. So it's that could be an excuse for him. I think Lorente came across and felt like he had to make a, an interjection and felt like he had to make one outside the box and knew what he was doing. But for the rest of the game, I, I said, I think what he does really well, he, re, he reads he reads danger, he, he susses danger, and then he snuffs it out. Anytime things looking like they're going to be potentially a brewing, but again, Lorente, somebody who probably, for a lot of fans, good phrase you used earlier, James, don't have enough credit in the bank because there's quite a lot of people who who aren't Lorente fans. I think a bigger debate for another day is if we ever had all our centre-halves fit uh, and Phillips was fit, so you didn't have to play one in front of them, who would you pick? Who would you play? Oh God, we had this a few weeks ago, didn't we? It's impossible. Yeah, I think it was only last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went for cock and strike. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll stick by that, I suppose. You talk about snuffing out. Um, I think I think this I don't know whether it's something that's Bielsa's ingrained into them with uh with just like repetition when they're preparing to play certain opponents. But I thought Luke Aylin was really good at intercepting play as well at, at the weekend. It was him and Lorente were just reading everything. It was they were really good to watch. Um but yeah, answer to your question, probably the same. I think Strike Strike's been so good, hasn't he? Mm. It's ridiculous. Mm. How old is he? Twenty one, is he? Mm. Don't know. Looks Maybe twenty two. Yeah. Early twenties. But even then it's like you know, give him give him a couple of years and he'll just be class. It'll be it'll be like one of the top Premier League defenders easily. I think you're you're right about Ailing. He had uh, Sam Maximum where he wanted it. A lot of the time people go, What's he doing over there? It's like, oh, it's like my marking. But I think he did really well with it. I think it was uh yeah. This is see, it's been easy to talk about the positives. Sounds it, like we've played well. We did. I think we played all right. It wasn't a bad performance. We lacked the ability to finish, which is always going to cost you in games. You could like, you know what Marcelo is going to say in the and in the post match. He's going to say we created enough uh, situations to win enough games. We unsettled the opponent from blah blah blah. You, you know what he's going to say in these kind of situations. Um, 
because he's a very honest man. And and so when he says we played pretty well, we created a lot of chances, we just didn't take them. They they did all right. Got a bit of a fluky goal. Yeah, it's a fair summary. I've got a bit of a rest now. So that that should do as good. Um, obviously, there's internationals and cups that we elected to no longer be involved in. By Aston Villa, do you think we'll have anyone else back? I mean, they they might have spent millions and millions more pounds on world-class players because seemingly that's the thing that they do. But are any of the players close? What are you hoping to see? Hoping for at least Adam Forshaw back. Um, But yeah, just some more bodies and more choice in there would be nice because I think Aston Villa are quickly turning into quite a good side, really. Um, Purely because they've got a lot of talent and... Gerard seems to have sorted him out as well. So, yeah, I'm a bit nervous about that game, to be honest. Yeah, I could do with, uh, could do with my mate Junior Firpo back at left-back, I think. I'd like to see his tash on the pitch. Bamford. Bamford must have a chance. Who? Well, <laughs> that's, that number nine of ours. You remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that guy everyone used to hate and now he's the saviour. Yeah, <laughs> need him back. It's funny, isn't it? Because he'll come back and he'll be rusty as old nails, won't he? And, <laughs> and then everyone will be like, oh, no. It's like he's the answer, but then all of a sudden it'd be like, oh no, you know, you know what our fans are like. Yeah. So to everyone who uh, complains about our Premier League performances, I'm just watching uh, in the background Blackburn versus Middlesbrough. It's nil nil just before half time. These two are kind of promotion promotion hopefuls out of the Championship. It is. I think this is a word you'd use, James. It's been a turgid game. It's Housen versus Johnson, and they're going in. They're going in hard on one another. There's a Blackburn could go second, and Ewood Park is absolutely dead. It's half empty. Uh, some people would quite happily yearn a little bit for those those kind of days, the thrill of the chase. But just appreciate what we've got at the moment, really. Just enjoy it because yeah. you never know when we'll be back in half empty stadiums on a Monday night, shouting things about Sky and having a team that we don't really particularly think that fond of with a manager that we don't really like. Just, I, just appreciate what you got. I think we, well, I, I know I do enjoy the thrill of the chase of the Premier League in, in terms of like week by week, I really enjoy it. Like you, I, I find myself being up for whoever we're playing against. You think, yeah, we're in the Premier League. Like some of these teams have been established here for years and, you know, we can't forget where we've been, where we <laughs> unfortunately went and now we're back. But, you've got to enjoy it and you've got to enjoy trying to beat some of these these teams like week in week out uh newcastle like i said last week they are a big rival of ours and it was always going to be a tough game in some way in the end we ended up fighting against ourselves more than anything but yeah i completely agree we should be just enjoying it for what it is i don't know who i'm agreeing with i'm agreeing with myself but it's fine but I we agree. should, we but we should, we should be enjoying it more. Like you know, there's some people in the ground when I've been, and they just like don't look like or sound like they even want to be there. And you think we haven't had this for so long. Just soak it up, win, lose or draw. It is what it is. We're here. Yeah. I think, um, like for me, yeah, I totally agree. Um, like also, it's it's a lack of respect. Like I don't mind people like criticizing. You know, it's completely fine. But like the way people talk sometimes of you know, like even like I mean Angus Kinnear. I mean, you know, he's not a hero, but like you no, know, he, he puts some notes in the program, and like, it's just you know, 
it's like becomes like a big story and like people are slagging him off and saying he shouldn't be allowed to write and he's an embarrassment. I mean, it, yeah. it's part of the team that's you know taken the club back to yeah, exactly. where we are. And you know, same with Adrizania, people talking about him not spending enough money and obviously, you know, Bielsa as well. People, you know, seem to, you know, have have their own problems with him as well. And it's, you know, these people have, have restored Leeds to to what we've wanted, like nearly our whole lives for probably half of us nearly. Well, there you go. I think that's uh, completely fair. I think football fans are fickle. We've always known that. Football fans have relatively short-term memories and short-term uh, goals for for changing the world. Ain't going to happen overnight. But believe in the project. Believe in where we're going. We're gonna we're gonna lose games this season, and um, hopefully get enough points to stay up and and crack on from there. That's all. That's what it's about. So. Stick with it, enjoy it, and uh, don't let it take till Sunday lunchtime to get out of your funk. So, a uh, couple of closing messages. Just a reminder about the uh, Yorkshire Cancer Research 90 Challenge. Um, I just read my T-shirt to see what it's called and misread it. It's Challenge 90. I read it upside down. But I love this T-shirt. And when I'm, you know, beating the streets in my, in my sneakers, doing my running for 90 minutes... I'm proud to wear it because it's got the badge on and a very good cause. And if that sounded sarcastic, I really didn't mean it to because it's a genuinely top-notch cause that affects a lot of so many people. So I've, I don't know. I've gone too far with it. It's a shame this is a one-take wonder, isn't it? You could have taken that out. <laughs> yeah, keep it in. Do some stuff. Exercise. It's good for you. Um, might as well cheaply plug your book again. When's it out? When's it going to me? No, when are we no, one? no, don't let him plug it. Yeah, he hasn't arrived. Don't buy his book. The David O'Leary is. It, it's rubbish. It. It's, uh, it'll be with you this week, guaranteed. Yeah. I not even asked for my address. <laughs> They're all coming to mine. Yeah, James, James wants them all. I'll, I'll sell them on. It's out this time next week. Leave that in. Uh, yeah, don't buy it. Don't buy it. It's not on Amazon. <laughs> well, let's have, a, let's have a final word because... I don't want that to be just something that I think we should do when we're all buzzing. So what's your word? Cramp. Fitting. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of players with cramp. And you're not going to cramp your style by reading Rocco's book in public. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Rocco, what's your word? Um, oblivious. I was oblivious to the defeat on Saturday, and, and that's the way it should stay. Oblivious to your head in the sand. Oblivious to your book. Mine is rest. Like, I think it'll be good for us to have a rest and to come back and show the rest of them what we're capable of when we have a full squad. (laughs) Oh, bloody hell. Perfect. Thanks for listening. Network.